How do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these so supposed free viral RNAs that may or may not be there? Uh, it's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something. That's what also, it is. Um, it's, they, it's not, it doesn't tell you that you're sick, and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was going to hurt you or anything like that. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back, back better. We would say to really have a great reset. Build back better. On building back better. Build back better than before. Build back better. Build back better. And build back better than before. And building back better. Build back better. To build back better. Build back better. Build back better. To build back better. Build back from this uh, global pandemic. Build back better. Building back better. To build back better. Build it back better. Build it back better. Build back better. Build back in a positive way. Build back better. Building this country back better. Together we can fix this. Let's build back better. Build back better or whatever. Or whatever. Here's an option. There was a USA Today essay that was published by a former prosecutor named Michael Stern. And I discussed this briefly on radio yesterday. He says, we've got to shun folks. We've got to shun people into getting vaccinated. The shunning suggestion is this. Uh, businesses should make vaccination a requirement for employment. A COVID outbreak can shut down a business and be financially devastating, and failure to enforce basic health and safety measures is not fair to employees who have to work in offices, factories, and stores where close contact is required. Things should get personal, too. People should require friends to be vaccinated to attend the barbecues and birthday parties they host. Friends don't let friends spread COVID. Friends don't let friends spread COVID. Yesterday's survey question at Smirconish.com asked whether it's time to shun. 7,241 people responded. What do you think the percentage was who said yes? How about Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the midweek edition of Down the Rabbit Hole. It's good to have everybody along. I'm Big D. I'll be your host for uh, the next 45 minutes or so, as long as you want to stick around. I <laughs> uh, hope you're doing well. I hope the uh, sun is shining where you're at. And um, yeah, it's been a while since we have taken a dive into the COVID world. I Every now and then, um, when I used to be in radio and we would write stories, sometimes you just had to uh, let a story breathe for a while and, uh, and, and let things play out. You know, you, you, th there's the obvious, there's obviously the story that we've all lived through and we've talked about it. And you can go back and listen to several of our shows where we've did deep dive into what was going on in the moment. But there's been a lot of things that uh, we theorize. There's been several things that have come out of the pandemic that we needed to kind of let's let's see this play out. You know, we we we've um, we've been called conspiracy theorists. We've been called crazy, Looney Tune, all that stuff. But a lot of things that we talked about, wow, uh, are right now are in our face. And, and also some several stories that uh, we weren't so sure about, but had strong ideas about are starting to come to fruition. So I, I thought we'd play some catch up today a little bit. We're going to go into uh, some of the Great Reset because that's, that's all calmed down. Let's all remember it was on Time Magazine. Everybody's talked about it. They, they have a website that we, everybody said, Man, you guys are way out there on that one. 
No, it's real. They're, they're, it is obvious as the day is long. It's their language. It's their group. It's their website. And it's all these crazy world leaders who are the elites who are trying to reset everything. And they, they, they got caught. You know, people, people push back on it. And then they got really quiet. Well, I've been monitoring them, and they're still, they're, they're still working on it. They're just not being as uh, vocal about it. And so it's our job to expose them and to call them out on it. So uh, we're, we're going to look into the vaccines. We're going to look into uh, some of the stuff going on with the actual COVID itself. Because, hey, guess what? <laughs> I hope you guys see this. I, I, I hope that we've been on this journey long enough to, and our eyes are open enough to where you see how this works and, and the propaganda works. And I can really mostly talk about here in the U.S., although I keep my I, I watch a lot about what, what's going on over in Europe and in Canada, and and, and as much uh, other parts of the world as I can. But it's a big globe, and there's lots of news out there. So, uh, but here in the states, with the whole vaccine thing, they they've gone vaccine crazy. Every state, it seems like. Is has a vaccine lottery. They're giving away money. They're giving away fishing license, hunting licenses, park licenses, boating licenses. They're giving away Xboxes, whatever. I know here in my state, uh, they tried to launch. They tried to launch a uh, get a joint for a jab program. So if you, if you went to the pot dispensary and got your vaccine you would get a free joint and it went it, it did not go over very well i think i don't think the people who were working at the shops um knew how to um, i don't think anybody trusted them to to give you a um a vaccine so but so crazy stuff all, all kind of incentives free burgers free french fries free ice cream free you name it, it and and we're seeing what we're seeing in the United States because we don't have a national COVID passport, and we're, we'll dive really dive into that in a moment. But we're seeing what I call the Great Divide, and the, the the big goal for the state that I live in and nationally is to get seventy percent of the people vaccinated. Now, they've had seventy percent of the people vaccinated for a long time. Because the only people who who need to get a shot, I'm not even going to call it, it's not even, it's not even a vaccine. We, I hope we all know this by now. It's experimental gene therapy. It says it on their own boxes. This, is not, this does not prevent you from getting COVID. You can still get COVID with this vaccine. All it does is, is to supposedly help you not have as bad of symptoms. So this idea that this is everybody gets this vaccine and we've reached herd immunity, they've completely dismissed what actual herd immunity is. They, they completely redesigned the word and redefined it all the way up to the who. Our immune system, once you've had it, once it's made its way through the population, that's where you get herd immunity, not from some stupid vaccine that's just gene therapy. But I'll get more into that. So we ha all the adults as, as in our states, 70% of the adults, they all rushed out and got their vaccine. But see, here's the trick they pl they're playing. Then they moved it down to six, anybody 16 and up. So, of course, you know, the younger kid, there's no reason for them to get the vaccine. None whatsoever. Zero. And they're not going. And good for them. They shouldn't. They don't need to. They have healthy immune systems. At the worst, it's a cold unless they have, you know, some serious diseases. And then they should take care of themselves even during the flu season. But that we, we, we're having struggle getting to the 70% because the younger crew, they've, they've added the younger crew into the overall numbers. And so now we're, you know, we're stuck somewhere in the 60s, 60%, mid to upper 60s, depending on who you're listening to. 
So, ta-da! What is what what's what's happening now? Well, Fauci, who's in major big time trouble, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But Fauci comes out, and now he's trying to scare everybody with this Delta variant. And now we have the 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 Delta, and I'm hearing commercials all day long about you know if you're not vaccinated, you're you're going to get this Delta variant because it's way worse than COVID. Well, it's more contagious than COVID, but it's not. It's way less deadly than COVID. That's not what they're telling you. Uh, I'm looking at a, a CBS News uh, headline here. It says, highly contagious Delta variant could cause COVID, could cause next COVID-19 wave. This virus will still find you. And look, I'm not dismissing it. I'm sure it's there. But it's no different than variants of the flu. The flu mutates, colds mutate. Coronavirus, which is a flu, which is basically a flu, and and, and and slightly worse flu than your average flu, but um, yeah. So now we're scaring everybody with the Delta variant, and I I actually heard them come out the other day saying, "Oh man, the kids, the kids are we're sh they're showing up in the hospital like crazy, and uh, the, we got to get those kids vaccinated." It's all Kabuki theater. It's all Kabuki theater. And what's coming next, and this, this is where I, I think we're going to get, you're, you're going to see people really starting to fight back, especially here in the U.S., because around August, they're going to drop that uh, age range down into elementary, all the way down to elementary kids. And there's rumors of schools who aren't going to let kids in unless they're vaccinated. And I, I've talked to a lot of parents who, who, have, who have gotten the vaccine, and they're like, there's not a chance. There's not a chance I'm, I'm, I'm subjecting my kid to that. And there's all kind of problems going on with the younger kids with these mRNA vaccines. It's, it's enlarging their hearts. It's giving them blood clots. We've had, uh, we've had young kids who are high school. There's a high school senior, I think, in Colorado who was a star basketball player. Never, no problem, no health problems at all got the vaccine, blood clot in the brain and in the lungs, enlarged heart, he died. And then his dad died right after that, like a week or so after getting his vaccine. So, and I'm not going to go, we've done that. I'm not going to go into, you know, you should know by now. If you don't, go back and listen to some of our old programs. This vaccine, this mRNA with the CRISPR vaccine, it is not a vaccine. It is experimental gene therapy. That is what they call it. The, the press refuses to call it that. Fauci refuses to call it that. That is technically what it is. It is not a vaccine. And the reason they're not telling you that is because if you walked into the doctor's office, and especially for your little kid, and they said, hey, excuse me, we'd like to uh, jab your kid and pump a bunch of uh, experimental gene therapy in them. Do you mind? I would hope you would say you're, out, you're crazy and we're out of here. Call the doctor a quack and move on. I would hope you would do that for yourself. But that's the latest. This is the latest thing. You're going to hear all about this Delta variant. See, they've had, we've had several other variants that, that have been bantied about. None of them have really stuck, and, but they're really pushing this one because not enough people, everybody who is going to get vaccinated basically has been vaccinated. And they're really concerned about the knuckle-dragging rubes and uh, all us crazy mouth breathers out here who have not been vaccinated. We're the problem. And what we're seeing here and across the globe is the great divide. It is a massive, a big divide is happening between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's going to be a two-tier system, and it, it's, it's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. They're, they are going to, some places, they, well, uh, here's a story right here. In the Philippines, the, this, is a, this is June 22nd, so this was just yesterday. Philippine, Philippines president threatens to jail citizens who refuse vaccine. President of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, commanded citizens to get vaccinated against COVID-19, threatening them with prison or forced injection of a drug if they do not get the vaccine. 
that so you don't think that's going to go spread to other con- countries now we have one who's saying you either get it or we're going to jail you or we're just going to strap you down and we're going to force it on you so there's that uh, so let's start at the uh, beginning with the uh, what just we, I don't think we ever want to forget what we've come through. So let's take a little trip uh, back down memory lane. I want you to listen to this. See, just just to refresh your memory about some of the things that we've gone through. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Gradually, farmers started getting sick. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. The sickest required intensive care. Many died. Experts agree unless it is quickly controlled, it could lead to a severe pandemic, an outbreak that circles the globe and affects people everywhere. Public health agencies have issued travel advisories, while some countries have banned travel from the worst affected areas. As a result, the travel sector is taking a huge hit. Travel bookings are down 45% and many flights have been canceled. A ripple effect is racing through the service sector. Governments that rely on travel and tourism as a large part of their economies are being hit particularly hard. We are not out of money yet. But the fact is we are trending in a dangerous direction and something needs to change. So the policy question for this board now is how should financial resources be prioritized? Are there nodes that we cannot allow to fail? What is your sense of priorities? We don't have money to pay for all of these urgent problems. Countries are reacting in different ways as to how best to manage the overwhelming amounts of dis and misinformation circulating over the internet. In some cases, limited internet shutdowns are being implemented to quell panic. Limited internet shutdowns. We're at a moment where the social media platforms have to step forward and recognize the moment to assert that they're a technology platform and not a broadcaster is, is over. Um, they, in fact, have to be a participant in broadcasting accurate information and partnering with the scientific and health communities to counterweight, if not flood the zone, of accurate information. Because to, tra- to put the genie back in the bottle of the misinformation and disinformation is nigh impossible. The outcome of the CAPS pandemic in Event 201 was catastrophic. The outbreak was small at first and initially seemed controllable, but then it started spreading in densely crowded and impoverished neighborhoods of megacities. From that point on, the spread of the disease was explosive. Within six months, cases were occurring in nearly every country. The global economy was in a free fall. The GDP down 11%. Stock markets around the world plummeted between 20 and 40% and headed into a downward cycle of fear and low expectation. Economists say the economic turmoil caused by such a pandemic will last for years, perhaps a decade. The societal impacts, the loss of faith in government, the distrust of news, and the breakdown of social cohesion could last even longer. So yeah, that was uh, th- those some highlights from what we went through back in October. Only that was from October 2019. That's event 201. That was sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with a bunch of other foundations, and we've talked about it on our show. You can go to event201.com. And it was a mock setup based on a fake virus. And it was their practice on how they would handle it. Sounds familiar. Does it, does it not? It sounds exactly like what we went through. This whole thing was planned. This entire thing was planned. And if it wasn't planned, I, w- I will give you this. If it wasn't planned, what they did when the 
when this virus escaped from the Wuhan lab, and I'll get to that in a second, they jumped on it and they used it for their nefarious plan. Because uh, just repeat this to yourself whenever you hear any of this stuff. And, and remember all the things we went through and that we're still going through. All of this for a virus that has a 99.9% survival rate for the majority of the people. Pretty much anybody under 75, give or take some people who have health problems. And now they're trying to scare us with all these new variants that they claim are just as bad. And if you know science at all, you know that any variant off of a virus that starts, yes, is just probably and likely more contagious because it's mutated, but it's way less potent. But they're not going to tell you that. And all you got to do is just do some basic research on that. I'm not even a scientist. But I, I look at this stuff all the time. But that clip that we just heard was from 2019, October 2019, when all these people gathered together and did a mock run-up for a virus, for a pandemic that hit the globe. Why, why would they do that? Do we have, I've yet to find one for an earthquake, I've yet to find one for a famine. I've yet to find one. But I've gone through a whole list of catastrophes that could hit the earth. I've yet to find anything like Event 201 where they came together and they did news broadcasts and they had fake Senate hearings and they had fake world leaders get together and coordinate this and talk about the Internet and talk about you know, how um, social media was, they were going to have to now become broadcasters and, and be on the lookout for fake news, all of this stuff. I've yet to find that for any other catastrophe. And if you can find one, please send it to me. Down the RH at protonmail.com. Now, let's get into the virus real quick because the virus was real. It did come from Wuhan. We all know that. And that we were told initially that it came from a bat at a wet market. Now, the bat that is in question that supposedly was at the wet market is a bat that only thrives about 2,000 miles away from Wuhan. So somehow, to believe this story... They, this bat would have had to be captured. These bats would have had to been captured, transported by people, two thousand miles to the Wuhan wet market. Somebody would have had to buy it, take it home, eat it, and then get and then get coronavirus. Or, hey, guess what? There's a huge lab right down the street from the wet market where they do gain of fun function uh, study, and gain of function is basically a fancy way of saying that they weaponize the viruses. They create viruses. And then they try to create, they try to get ahead of viruses. But they also use it as a, as a place to test the weaponization of viruses. And all, they've been telling us from the beginning, nope, didn't come from the lab. No way it came from the lab. Fauci, no way it came from the lab. It was definitely from a bat, definitely from nature. It jumped, into the, it jumped over to the humans magically somehow. Well, that's all falling apart, and it's pretty much in the mainstream news, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. Um, and and this, this story is not done, but in my prediction is Fauci either gets fired or he resigns because for all of you around the world, our United States Dr. Fauci could be considered the father and definitely the financial backer of this entire pandemic, if that's what you want to call it. Because what, what happened was during Dr. Fauci's been, he's, he's a technocrat, he's appointed, he's been in, he's been in office for I don't know, 30, 40 years, long time, and he was funding the Wuhan lab in conjunction with the Chinese for this gain-of-function studies well obama 
President Obama at the time caught wind of it, said, this is too dangerous. We can't have this. And he put the kibosh on it. He shut it down. So what Fauci did then was he found this guy named Peter Daszak, who is, who is a, um, a professor here in the States and was doing his own sort of a, a, a lesser brand of gain-of-function research. There's two places in the U.S. There's uh, one down in Galveston, Texan, Texas, and the other one is in the Midwest. And Dasik had started a, uh, like a subgroup, and Fauci would send money to Dasik's subgroup, and Dasik would then send it to the Wuhan lab. That's how they got around it. So they were still funding this thing. They were still funding this gain of function. And you've heard a lot about the Bat Lady. There's a, they were funding the Bat Lady. Fauci has gone over and given lots of speeches over there. When it first came out, what we're, go, what we're finding out, there's a bunch of emails that were leaked from Dr. Fauci. He was worried about it. And he told, every, he told uh, Peter Daszak, he told everybody, squash that story, get rid of it, take care of it. Well, what we're also finding out now Here's a headline. Virus expert Peter Daszak, whose letter caused big tech to censor lab leak theory, received Google funding. I also found out that Mark Zuckerberg was funding it as well. So these guys are all, they're all in cahoots. They were all, they're all in collusion. So no wonder when you tried to Google something up, it would give you all these fake stories. If you posted something on Facebook about the Wuhan lab theory, they would kick you off. Because as this onion peels, we're gonna, they're going to start throwing people under the bus here. And I think Daszak's going to be the first one. Here's how bad this was. Do you remember back uh, several months ago? Well, it was actually like mid-pandemic. So probably about, oh, probably about a year ago. They were, they were, there was an initial... Uh, study, initial uh, search to try to get to the bottom of this. And the WHO, in conjunction with the Chinese, did an internal lab study at the Wuhan uh, Virology uh, the Institute where they're doing this gain of function. Do you know who was in charge of <laughs> do you know who was in charge of that, um, that, that, that little investigation? Well, it was Peter Daszak. So Peter Daszak was in there investigating the lab that he knew where it came from. And then, of course, he comes out and he's like, nope, nothing to see here. Ha had to have been a bat. Had to have been. And, and, hey, it probably did come from a bat, but it came from a bat in the lab. Did not come from the wet market. In fact, what we're finding out now is they've never sold these bats at the wet market. And all this stuff is documented so a lot of that stuff's unfolding, and a lot of people are on the case on this. It's starting to hit the mainstream. Fauci's out there doing even more flip-flopping all over the place. And you keep an eye on this. I'm keeping a really sharp eye on this, but this is all unfolding nicely, and I think we are eventually going to get to the end of it. Now, I found this interesting. This also, this is from June 7th. So not a couple, two, two or three weeks ago. Headline, Chinese government scientists filed COVID vaccine patent before the pandemic began. So, this, so when they say, nope, there's no way it started in the lab. Yes, this is further proof that it did start in the lab. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to stick with that story. And if, I've, if, if, if it comes out that I'm wrong, okay, I, I will... I, I, will, uh, I will back off, and I'll apologize, and, and I will accept the evidence. But everything, that I'm, everything I'm reading and every rabbit hole I go down on this, it all comes to the lab. Why would the Chinese government, why would this, their scientists file for a COVID vaccine patent before the pandemic ever even started? Well, because they knew what it was. They were already messing around with it in the lab. They had created it. It's a created absolute created pandemic it's a, the whole thing the whole covid variant that that escaped the lab and, and we're also finding out that in the lab they have levels of um 
of security and of safety. And in the, in the section where they were working on the COVID, they were at about a level two, which is about as, about as much uh, as going to a dentist. So this whole notion that it came from a bat at, at, at the uh, lab, I, I'm highly, highly doubting it. And so do your, do your research on that. I, if that. If that interests you, and it, it interests me a lot, and I could go way further down that, but I want to get to other things uh, here on the show. Let's go into vaccine passports because we've been here in the United States. I did a, a, look, I did a, a, a show on this where I sounded the alarm and I'm still sounding, sounding the alarm on it. Yes, we have several states who have, thank God, passed or put into uh, play no, pa- no vaccine passports. Not, they're not going to allow it in the state. It can't. So far, it hasn't come from the top, and I think that's because they know there would be massive pushback. So what they're doing, and, and I pred- predicted this as well, is they're passing it off all over to business. And what we're finding out is we have the, well, we have the Foo Fighters who have done two concerts in the last well, couple of weeks. Vaccinated people only can go to the show. In New York, if you go to a sporting event, vaccinated only they have vaccinated only uh, bars and, and this is spreading across the u.s it, here in my town we have va- a vaccinated section and an unvaccinated section if you go to like a baseball game now we haven't cranked up with uh concerts and stuff that's supposed to happen oh at the end of the month we're supposed to be completely open we'll see so i'm not sure how that's going to play out but it is uh but what the problem is, is the pressure is going to come from over in Europe. Because over in Europe, well, let's start in England. Because England, of course, with Brexit, and God bless you guys, I know today's the five-year anniversary of the vote on Brexit. And I, I hope you're a big supporter of Brexit. You should be. Be proud of your country. Be, be proud you're out of the EU. It, it was momentous, and I'm all on board on that. However, you guys have your own problems over there. Uh, this is just uh, this just in. This was yesterday. I found this headline: "Vaccine passports for pubs back on the table in Britain." And I know you guys are still. Didn't Boris just lock you guys down for another two weeks? I don't understand that. And, and why isn't the press? Why aren't they showing all the marches in the street? People are out in the street in England, all over the place. They're fighting back on this, and they need to continue to fighting back on this. But it says uh, here, the reason we are trialing COVID certification this summer is partly to get mass events open more safely with bigger crowds, but also partly to get people used to the idea. We hope that with high vaccination rates, we will be in a very different position this winter. But if we do find ourselves in dire situation, then certification could be a tool in our armory to keep things open that might otherwise have to close. Open for who? Why do we need to get used to this idea? Those are some questions you need to ask. You need to ask your government. European Union vaccine passport issued in 17 countries. The EU digital COVID certificate is due to officially launch, launch on July 1st. It says here, vaccine passports, formerly known as the EU digital green certificate, provides digital proof whether a person has been vaccinated uh, against COVID-19, received a negative test, or recovered from the virus. According to, P- according to the European Commission, the member states, and then it lists them all off, are all involved. The EDCC aims to facilitate safe and free movement in Europe during the COVID-19 pandemic by exempting holders from travel restrictions such as needing to quarantine. Uh, I know here we still can't go to Canada. The Canada border is still closed. They pushed it to July 21st. And, of course, when it opens, you're going to have to have a vaccine passport to go over there. And so the vaccine passports are a real thing, and they're real dangerous. Here's, I talked about these guys uh, during our last time together, Solo, the Council on Foreign Relations. Vaccine passports, what to know. It's from April 7th, 2021. And it's basically an article on what the rollout 
on co- on vaccine passports, why they're great, what they're good for, and who's using them, who's developing them. <laughs> so here's uh, who's developing them. The growing number of tech companies, nonprofit organizations, universities, and other groups are developing these digital health passes. The International Air Transport Association, which sets global airline standards, created a digital travel pass for passengers to verify their COVID-19 test and vaccinations. Several airlines are piloting it on flights. The World Economic Forum partnered with the Commons Project, a New York and Geneva-based nonprofit supported by the Rockefeller Foundation, on a similar passport called Common Pass, also in the mix is one of the is one by the U.S. tech company IBM, but no no alarm no no don't worry about it just because the Rockefellers, Gates Foundation, big tech, uh, World Economic Forum, the Commons Project, d- don't worry about it. It's it's just a pass. It's just to help you. It's just to kind of help you get along. Also, I came across this as a more, more proof that the, 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 it's just a divide. They're, they're, going, they're trying to divide the clean and the unclean. Uh, headline, Morgan Stanley bans unvaccinated from New York office. Bank also put into place vaccinated-only workspaces. And this is just this, this is from today. Morgan Stanley has announced that it will, it will require all staff to be fully vaccinated in order to return to its offices in New York next month. According to a memo sent by the Financial Times, the bank will require full-time, part-time contractors, clients, and visitors to attest to being fully vaccinated by the 12th. So basically anybody who walks in the building, and this is what I was afraid of. This is what... This is what I kept saying was going to happen. Over here in the States, where we're supposed to be free from all this stuff, it's not going to come from the government. The government has sleight of handed it off to the business. We're just seeing the start of it. Schools are talking about only vaccinated kids can come back. Businesses, you have to be vaccinated. Pretty soon, you, you're, if you go to the grocery store or you go anywhere, they're going to ask you, are you vaccinated? And some will start requiring that you show some sort of vaccination ID. It's crazy. Uh, did you think we were done with all the masks and the social distancing? Is it done where you're at? Are you guys free to move around? Well, this is also from today. This is from just uh, a couple of hours ago. Just Just dropped. WHO officials, that's the WHO, World Health Organization, says mask mandates and social distancing should continue indefinitely. Top WHO official says that mask mandates and social distancing should continue indefinitely in order to protect against new variants of the COVID-19. They are not going to drop this entire variant thing. They're not going to drop it. They're not going to drop it until something actually more serious comes out that they can get all excited about. They're talking about extending lock, doing lockdowns like once a year, but not for the COVID, for the planet. See, it was so good for the planet to lock everybody down and shut all the businesses down, except for Amazon, except for Google, except for Facebook, except for... Home Depot, except for Walmart, except you get the picture. You do you see what's happening here? Do, do you get it? Do you understand what's happening? Uh, let's move into what's <laughs> what's going on with some of the other stuff. Carrie Mullis, do you does this name sound familiar? Carrie Mullis is the inventor of the PCR test. Now, unfortunately. Carrie Mullis passed away right before the uh, the pandemic. Carrie Mullis was a um, alma mater of Georgia Institute of Technology and the University of Cal- uh, California Berkeley. He um, he was a molecular biologist. He worked with Dr. Fauci. He worked for the government. He smart, unbelievable individual. 
He's the one that came up with the PCR test. Kerry Mullis had some things to say about the PCR test and about Dr. Fauci. Here's what he had to say about the, his. This is the test that he created that they've been using on everybody, sticking that swab up people's noses all the way up to their brain. And we've, we've talked about the cycles, the 40 cycles, 30 cycles. The higher the cycles, basically they'll find anything. The lower the cycles, you don't get all the false positives, you don't get all the variants, you don't get any of that. And that's how they've played with all these numbers. But here's Kerry Mullis on his own PCR test. How do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these so supposed free viral RNAs? that may or may not be there. Uh, it's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something. That's what also, it is. Um, it's, it's not, it doesn't tell you that you're sick and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was going to hurt you or anything like that. What oh, so it's just a whole lot of, you know, something out of something or nothing out of nothing. Doesn't tell you anything. It wasn't meant for the COVID test. He, that's the guy who invented it. Now, here is what he had to say about one Dr. Anthony Fauci. What is it, what, what is it about humanity that, that, that it wants to go to the, all the details and stuff and listen? You know, these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Nothing. The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope, and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy, and he doesn't understand medicine. And he, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people, and they don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom. You know, those guys have got an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have, being that we pay for them to take care of our health in some way. They've got a personal kind of agenda. They make up their own rules as they go. They change them when they want to. And they smugly, like Tony Fauci, does not mind going on television in front of the people who pay his salary and lie directly into the camera. You can't expect the sheep to really respect the best and the brightest. They don't know the difference, really. I mean, I, I like humans, don't, don't get me wrong, but basically there is a, there is a, there's a vast, the vast majority of them do not possess the the ability to judge who is and who isn't a really good scientist sadly carrie passed away like i said uh before all of this uh the the everything took place he died um august 7 2019 he was 74 i wish carrie was here because carrie would have challenged fauci on all its all the all these clips that i'm playing for you are, are buried they are hard to find. They're all the stuff that Carrie Mullis said about the PCR test buried. All this stuff is buried. Mainstream media doesn't want you to know it. Newspapers don't want you to know it. Your 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 leaders don't want you to know it. They don't want you to know this stuff. Why? Because it pokes big, huge holes in their stories. They don't know what to do with that. So therefore, and it was interesting that in that clip. Cherry, uh, Carrie talked about uh, sheep, and he was talking about people. He was talking about us, about how we're basically sheep because we just basically buy around and listen to what people like Fauci say to it. The, uh, we don't. You and I don't. That's why we're here. But the general population does. They're too lazy. They're too lazy to do their own research. They're too lazy to dig into it. They're too lazy. And then when you and if they just listen to the Fouch or they listen to the CDC or they listen to the WHO, they're being lied to. But because they're the so-called experts, they don't get challenged. And so then they look at you and I and go, well, you guys aren't scientists. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's all a huge conspiracy. It's, it's a wicked, wicked circle that, go, that goes in. That's what he was referencing in. So it's important. It's very important that you do your own research. I got this, so let's move over into, because I'm running out of time. Uh, I, I got so much to go here. I'll try to squeeze this all in. We talked uh, a, a while back about the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things are coming. They're here. 
I, I told you, if you hook up to this thing, whether it be your refrigerator, your stove, your car, your, your house alarm, whatever, that eventually, at some point, that they're going to take over. And they're going to either use it as a hammer, a weapon, punishment, or whatever. Well, listener Cody sent this in, and I had heard about this, but uh, thank you, Cody, for sending this in. This is what happened in Texas. This is a story. <laughs> so down there, this is from June 19th. Headline, woke up sweating. Texas power companies remotely raised temperatures on people using their smart thermostats. Power companies in Texas are remotely raising temperatures inside some customers' homes amid a state's ongoing energy shortage. Houston resident Brandon English, whose home has an internet-connected smart thermostat installed, was shocked to learn of the practice after his wife and inf infant daughter woke up sweating. They'd been asleep long enough that the house had already gotten to 78 degrees. And then the article goes on to tell you uh, why the company did But the company was basically remotely going into your house, changing your thermostat because they needed, they, they needed it to, to, to save energy. Or, or for, uh, that's their excuse. That's just, the, that's just the excuse this time. What's the excuse next time? And if you don't think that's what's coming on all levels of the Internet of Things, you're fooling yourself. Because th that is the design of this. That is it, trade and convenience because they're going to sell it to you as this is so wonderful. And what you're trading away is your ability to control your own home, to control your own life. Because once you're hooked up to this stuff, now these guys, the, a lot of these guys said they're opting out. One guy said he was ripping it out. He's going to rip it right out of the wall and install something different. And, we, and so we have that option right now, but we may not always have that option. Speaking of options uh, and what's going on, this, this is where you start connecting dots. This is where we start connecting dots. Remember that the World Economic Forum has told us that one of their goals is that you will own nothing and you will be happy, right? You're going to rent everything. You're not going to own a car. You're not going to own your appliances. You're, you're not going to own anything. You're going to be oh so happy. You're like, that's impossible, Big D. It, it's just, it can't happen. Bloomberg News. Uh, those of you around the world probably have never heard of uh, Blackstone and or BlackRock. It is a major investment firm, the, one of the biggest in the world. What they have been doing is they've been going around the United States, and they've spent, spent so far $6 billion on homes. Not just single homes, they're buying up entire neighborhoods, entire subdivisions, paying anywhere between 30 and 50% above asking price so that they can buy the entire block. And they're calling it the path to suburban homes. It says here, Blackstone's group incorporated new single-family rental strategy is a $6 billion bet that tight housing markets will lead America's, Americans to seek new ways to get suburban housing. So why are they doing this? What, what's that all about? Here's another one from Bloomberg. Bloomberg, America should become a rental nation because it's good for the environment. You should just rent. This, this, is the, this is the headline from Bloomberg. Americans should become a rental nation. So you've got the Internet of Things being hooked up in homes. You've got Blackstone and BlackRock out there buying up entire neighborhoods, entire subdivisions. And putting out the word that hey, you don't need to you don't need to own a home. It's such a hassle. That's a, you don't need to own a home. We're gonna rent you one. They're gonna wire these things all up smart. You're gonna rent the home. Then pretty soon they're gonna say you know what you got too many cars. In fact, you don't need any cars because now we have these self-driving cars. They'll just come pick you up, take you where you need to go. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. 
And it's right in front of our eyes. And you need to be aware of that. Internet of Things also. This is from a day ago. Dubai. Dubai Nail Salon is installing microchips on customers' fingernails. A beauty salon in Dubai is carrying out microchip manicures, where tiny microchips that act as digital business cards are planted on a customer's fingernail, with the chip eventually intended to be used for contactless payments and digital menus. We install the information that you want, like your name, your mobile phone number, your social media accounts, your website, on and on and on. Oh, yeah, we'll put your, uh, uh, we'll, we'll also hook it up with your COVID, COVID vaccine passport. We can also hook it up to your bank account. This is in the article. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making this up. And it says here, don't forget that the great reset pioneer himself, Klaus, Klaus Schwab, acknowledges in his own book that an implantable microchip, microchip is the ultimate aim. Quote, some of us already feel that our smartphones have become an extension of ourselves. Today's external devices, from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets, will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. Klaus Schwab. So over in Dubai, they're turning it into a fashion thing. Yeah, yeah, just get this chip on your nail, and uh, you don't have to carry your wallet. It's all about convenience. It's all right there. Don't worry about it. So nothing to see here. Carry on. Unbelievable. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I've got so many other stories as well. But uh, i got to wrap it up and uh, get this thing out there for you guys. Always, as always, you can email me or Brandon at downtherh at protonmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. If you have any stories out there, you have anything that backs this up or goes against it, like you think we're completely off here, you think I'm completely off my rockers and I'm going, I'm going in the wrong direction on some of these, or you, hey, maybe you do have proof and I just need to see it. I have an open mind and so should you. But at the same time, our eyes should be wide open. We'll be back on Sunday, Brandon and I. We'll be going down the rabbit hole on the Nazis and the occult. And this week, I believe we're talking about border science, which is off the chain weird. It's off the chain weird. This is where they, where they basically practiced occult science, and it gave them the license to try all kind of crazy experiments, which has set the tone for a lot of what's going on today, sadly. So we'll go through that on Sunday. Everybody, have a great rest of the week. Thanks so much for spending time with us. We really, really do appreciate it. Love hearing from you. And we will uh, see you all, or we'll meet you all back here because I don't actually get to see you. That would be cool. We'll meet you all back here on Sunday. I'm Big D, and I'm out.